Riddle me this. How long does it take a vampire to turn into a bat? About 14 years. On this episode of Moving Panels, we discuss the Batman. Welcome to Moving Panels, the podcast where we discuss movies and TV shows based on, inspired by, and adapted from the world of comic books. I'm your host, Laramie Wells. Joining me today in the co-host chair, I got two of them. First off, from the 80s flick flashback podcast, it's Tim Williams. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and talk about Batman for a while, you just might miss it. And first timer for the moving panels, but you know, in my eyes, he's a veteran of the podcasting world. It's Mr. Ron West. Uh, that is the Ron West in honor of the Batman. <laughs> or you can just call me Woody in honor of every acting performance Robert Pattinson has given to date. Ouch. <laughs> Shots fired already. Ouch. All right, so we are, you know what, I, I realized today, Tim, before we started recording, we are almost a year to the day of when we saw Zack Snyder's Justice League. That is true. That came out in April of last yeah. year. Yeah, that almost a year to the day. So uh, that was the the first time we did a movie that was fresh and new, and now here we are again. The Batman released uh, only a little over a week ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have all gotten to see it, and we have all discussed it, and we all saw it a week ago, because <laughs> it took us that long to let it process um, what we had just seen. So I, I want to start off by saying the first part of this show is going to be entirely spoiler-free. So anyone listening, you can listen to this first part. We'll let you know when we start getting to spoilers, but we're going to start off completely spoiler-free. And I want to start off uh, with a question for you two. What have you thought about previous Batman movies before this? Um, Okay, so I'll go back to Batman 89. Tim Burton was not my introduction to Batman, but my, of course, the introduction of the movie movie version of Batman. I wasn't a huge uh, watcher of the TV show, even though I was aware of the Adam West TV show. But when the 89 Batman came out, it completely, you know, I was totally taken by that vision that Tim Burton had and of the Dark Knight. So I was a fan instantly. So I loved the original Batman. I enjoyed Batman Returns. I don't think I liked it as much as the first one, but it was still good. And then we won't really talk about the ones that followed, even though I I think... (laughs) The Bat Nipples. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Batman Forever is not that bad it's not great but it's it, you know it definitely it was sliding the scale was sliding downward as you get to batman and robin and then of course batman begins nolan's vision i enjoyed batman begins but of course the crowning achievement is the dark knight that was the one that really i think captured the realness or the putting putting batman more in the real world and really giving that aesthetic and then The Dark Knight Rises was a bit of a disappointment, but I still enjoyed it. So yeah, then I won't get into the Justice League and, and Batfleck, but we've, we've discussed that in previous episodes. <laughs> Again, a year ago, yeah. we talked about <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League. How about you, Ron? What's your previous feelings of Batman movies? So I go back to a, a kid in the 80s of collecting Batman comic books, uh, Spider-Man was always my primary, uh, with but X-Men and Batman also thrown in. So I have some old Detective Comics, Batman comics, and then uh, there was a, a, a secondary comic to capitalize on the popularity of Batman just called Batman. 
And so I was collecting those uh, pretty regularly through the 1980s. So I was really excited for the 1989 uh, Batman. And, and, uh, and I will probably still say right now, Michael Keaton is my Batman. Absolutely. And yeah. I really enjoyed those movies. Um, as Tim stated, and as we all know, they, they gradually go down in, in quality as we, as we get through Val Kilmer, who I will always love because uh, he'll always be my Huckleberry. But uh, uh, not entirely uh, fond of his Bruce Wayne and Batman, uh, and then of course George Clooney. But um, <laughs> I am I am one of the few uh, people that's probably not a huge fan of the uh, Bell and Nolan Batman trilogy. I don't think it's bad in any way, shape, or form, and Heath Ledger's performance is 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 really strong. And I liked those three movies. But I just wasn't as big of a fan of those. In fact, I did not see the first two in the movie theater. Um, as big of a nerd as I am of watching this stuff, <laughs> I did not see either one of those uh, in the theater. It wasn't until they came out on video. So that's my that's that's my history. And I had not I loose loosely familiar with the TV show. With uh, you know, shout out to my cousin Adam uh, uh, Adam West, <laughs> but not. Um, Really didn't watch it. Probably caught an episode here or there. Uh, you know, was familiar with the campiness of the of the show. But, uh, but Michael Keaton, I loved Michael Keaton. Uh, you know, I go back with Michael Keaton and Mr. Mom and a lot of the things he did in the eighties. So uh, that's uh, probably still my favorite. Yeah, I actually saw online there was uh, one of the superhero clubs or uh, groups that I'm in in Facebook. They asked, you know, what was your first introduction to Batman in the movies. Crazy enough, even though I am younger than both of you, <laughs> my first viewing of Batman in the theaters was the 1966 movie. I got to see it as a matinee wow. when I was a kid. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So that was my first. Uh, of course, you know, I grew up with all the cartoon stuff. You know, Animated, Batman yeah. 82. Yeah, Batman 89 came out, and I was too young to see it in theaters. Um, but I even remember uh, we were in the store, and I saw the the novelization of the movie. Oh, yeah. And my parents agreed to buy it, and we started to read it. And I think there was a curse word like on the second page, <laughs> and that ended the reading of the Batman novelization. <laughs> Yeah, I have the comic yeah. book adaptation of the 89 Batman movie that I actually well, that's cool. I rebought because I had, when the movie came out, I remember finding it and I had it for, excuse me, I had it for a long time and then either let somebody borrow it or it got lost in one of the oh. many moves that we did. And then uh, a couple of years ago, Ron and I were at some, either just at a random comic book store or might have been we were went to a, a convention and... Uh, I found it again and I bought it because I was like, that was something I wanted to have uh, still even now. So, uh, so so I'm guessing value didn't really increase all that much. No, not really. And it's not, and it's not <laughs> the best, you know, it's not the, it's not mint condition either. So it's, it, it's got some wear and tear on it, but. All right. So why? Cause I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm just biased cause I'm a big Superman fan. Why have we had to have a Batman movie every few years since 1989? <laughs> Because it makes money. That's why. Because the biggest gap was between Batman and Robin and Batman mm -hmm. Begins. That was eight years. 
That was the biggest gap. Other than that, it's only been three or four. So is there a movie studio contractual obligation to maintain rights? Is that part of the issue? I don't see how because it's Warner Brothers. And Warner Brothers, I think, partly owns DC. Yeah, so I don't like how be. Disney owns Mar- Marvel. Um, <laughs> this is a little bit difficult for me because I'm not a big Superman fan. And, and uh, as I can <laughs> see you with all the Superman memorabilia behind you there in, in, the, in the shot. Batman is an easier story to tell. It, it's, it's hard to tell the Superman story. And I think, think sometimes they struggle because you have a superhero with no weaknesses. That he's just... So it, it's hard to find humanity in the alien who has no weaknesses. Whereas with Batman, the story of of the orphan boy who wants to spend his life being a vigilante, I think a lot of us, uh, middle-aged men, maybe Laramie is not quite so middle-aged as he's pointed out, being younger than uh, than Tim and I. Uh, I just turned 50 a couple of months ago. You know, we all have a little bit of, you know, if someone did something to my family, this is what I would do to, to get revenge. So maybe that's part of the appeal of Batman. But I think it's it's Batman appeals to the masses more and is going to make more money. And ultimately, it's about making money. No, oh, I'm not going to disagree with that. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's again, I'm, I'm, I literally have all of them in front of me. And I have the, the years they came out. You get 89, 92, 95, 97, a little bit of a gap, 2005, uh, then 08, 12, 16. If you technically count his quick appearance in Suicide Squad, that's right. two movies in 2016. <laughs> right. Uh, Lego Batman. Yeah. Oh, um, that's right. Which was that's that's I didn't even Batman. think to count the actual Lego movie because he's in them. Right. I right. just counted Lego Batman. Uh, so Lego Batman and Justice League both came out in 2017. Then you jump to the Snyder Cut, which I do think is a completely different movie, in uh, 21. We got the Batman that just came out. He's in Super Pets that'll come out later this year. <laughs> and right. he's Michael Keaton is full circle mm-hmm. is going to be in The Flash which news just broke is being moved all the way to June of 2023. Yeah. Even though it was supposed to be seen this year. This year. Yeah. Which that's a whole nother conversation but I mean what was DC thinking? They released this big trailer about yeah. this is the year <laughs> yeah. of DC. And then now we're gonna move two of our movies to twenty twenty three. And the one and the one they moved up wasn't in the trailer. There yeah. was no Shazam in the trailer. Shazam, yeah, because yeah. Shazam was supposed to be twenty twenty three, and now they've moved right. it up twenty twenty two. Yeah, so we get Black Adam and we get Shazam, which I do find is interesting that both of them are coming out, considering they're slightly connected. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if maybe there's something to that, but like I said, that's a complete other. <laughs> Other side of that, let, let's get into the current movie, The Batman. We can't talk about this movie without originally talking about it was originally supposed to be a Batfleck movie. Yep. It was supposed to be Ben Affleck. He was going to write it. He was going to direct it. He was going to star in it. He was going to produce it. Um, it was just going to be the Ben Affleck show. And then, of course, he backed out due to some personal issues. But what what were y'all's thoughts about us getting a solo Batfleck movie? Was not a fan of the Ben Affleck uh, Batman from the original casting to the appearances in the Justice League movies. Um, and actually, I, I you reminded me of something, and I, I might have to change my answer. Lego Batman may be my Batman. That may, <laughs> that may, be, that may be the best Will Batman Arnett. ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Will, Will Arnett. So yeah, I was I when he bowed out, 
I was fine with it and 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 um, no issues with it at all. What about you, Tim? I think that, and I, once again, I don't know how accurate this was, but I want to say that there was originally the idea of Ben Affleck's Batman was to be the aged, aged Batman. Yeah. That he was, you know, we're going to see a different side of like him later in life and, you know, still wanted to be the vigilante, but knowing that his body can't do all that he could do before. That was intriguing to me, and I would have liked to have seen that version. And I'll, I'll say, I think I think Affleck's a better director than he is an actor. So to think of him directing it, I was a little, I was interested. Uh, of course, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not, wasn't excited about it, just, just more interested. But like now seeing this one, it's like I wonder, because Ben Affleck, I understand Ben Affleck wrote a script, a full script of his version of the Batman, because it was going to be the same title. I just wonder what the difference storylines, if they, if in some way, wherever, so we want to keep these parts of it and Matt Reeves had to work around it, or if he had the, the, the freedom to scrap that all together and come up with a brand new story. So yeah, I, I was, I'm intrigued. I can't say I was excited, but I was intrigued about Ben Affleck's solo Batman movie and what that could have been. With me, I see Batfleck has grown on me over time. I I really have started to like him more and more as Batman, to be honest. Um, He's still not my top. I'm with, I'm with you too. Michael Keaton is, uh, Mm -hmm. is Batman for me. Although if you talk voices, I mean, can anybody better Kevin Conroy? Cause I don't know about the two of you. When I read a comic, (laughs) I am hearing Kevin Conroy's voice. Kevin Conroy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how much of it changed. I know that when he dropped out, Matt Reeves was the very next, mm, um, next person in line. in line. Right. And, of course, he he took over both directing and writing. Mm-hmm. And I know that from what I gathered, he's the one who came up more with the focusing on the detective aspect. Which and I since like. The de- yeah. Since the detective aspect is such a big part of this story, I mm-hmm. really want... I would say this is a completely different movie yeah. than what uh, Ben Affleck had in mind because he took inspiration. I mean, not only thematically, I mean, from new Hollywood movies like Chinatown from Hitchcock. I mean, it clearly was a Hitchcock inspiration, but you can tell Matt Reeves read his comics. Um, when we get into the moving panel section, I'm going to point out a whole bunch of different comics that he pulled from. Uh, and I, as much as I, I'm not disagreeing with you that I think Ben Affleck's a great director. I think he's a, he's a good writer. Um, stuff he's written, I think, is mm-hmm. decent. I don't see Ben Affleck being one to sit down reading a bunch of comic books. <laughs> I really don't. So, I don't know. Maybe one day, 10 years from now, we're going so dark with Batman. Maybe one day we'll go back to the campiness and we'll get Ben Affleck and Matt Damon as Batman and Robin. Uh <laughs> During full camp, and uh, I'm Look, there for I'm there for that if that happens. Right. If we if we follow the trend, it takes the third movie. Yeah, <laughs> before it gets campy. The third movie is when it starts to get because I still I think Dark Knight Rises is campy. Yeah, so, it definitely has more campy moments. Yeah, for sure. It's not Schumacher campy, but I it's campy. Why um, do you say that, Laramie? Why do uh, understand? <laughs> See, Bane doesn't bother me as much as the Talia Al Ghul stuff does. Yeah. So before we get into the spoilers, uh, let's go ahead, just for anyone who's listening to just the spoiler-free part, let's go ahead and just give our impression spoiler-free of this movie. So, Tim, you go first. 
Oh, man. Always make me go first. Uh, <laughs> I, I liked it. The more I've thought about it, I, I love the experience of it, like seeing it and, you know, yeah. kind of somewhat having an idea of what it was going to be, knowing it was going to be more dark and uh, the more detective uh, part of Batman. There were parts of it that I really liked. And once again, I, you talked about this on your uh, TikTok review beautifully shot i mean it's a beautiful yes, movie to look yes. at even with all the rain and the dark uh as ronna mentioned you know you know if you're not a fan of rain then don't go see this movie because <laughs> it's going to be plenty of rain but it's beautifully shot it's it's i think masterfully directed for the most part some of the performances are great of course we were talking about zoe kravitz uh probably steals the show from everybody in this one but i the more i've thought about it there's there are more things that bother me now I still want to see it again. I would have liked to have seen it a second time before we talked about it, but I didn't get that chance. So I think a second viewing is going to tell me a lot about its enduringness of will it be something I'm going to want to watch again five years from now or ten years from now, like I want to go back and watch the 89 Batman or I want to go back and watch The Dark Knight. That's my spoiler free. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Ron? The... um yeah, I agree with Tim. They, I really enjoyed uh, the movie. I, I was there on an early screening last week on a Tuesday, which when you do something like that, you know you're going to be a largely very pro-heavy Batman <laughs> fan. Yeah. That's who's going on a, on a Tuesday paying $22 to, to see the movie. But when that movie ended, half of the theater stood up and started clapping, giving it an ovation. Um, so very enjoyable movie. Again, beautifully shot. We know the DC movies are going to, all the fight scenes are going to be at night and in the dark and usually in the rain. But at least with a Batman movie, you expect that. It's, he's the mm. dark night and he's, he's out at night. That's what he's doing. He's not typically skulking the streets at two in the afternoon uh, or, you know, just coming from brunch. Very, uh, the casting was great. Riddler is, is, yeah, is uh, uh, fantastic. Uh, probably the, the scariest, creepiest villain we've had in a, uh, in a superhero movie. But I agree with Tim. I do wonder. I can't not. I can't not watch the Avengers movie if I'm switching the channels and I see that they're on. I stop and I watch it and I still cry uh, every time, uh, even though I know what's coming. You um, cry I'm, in the Avengers? Oh yeah. Um, uh, in mean, uh, in um, Infinity War. Infinity, in Infinity okay. War. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I was. But I can't not watch either movie if I'm switching oh, yeah, the channels yeah. and it's on. I, I I watch it. Same mm-hmm. thing with Black Panther. If I see that it's on, I I, I stop and watch it. I'm not sure I'll do that with this um, if I'll if I'll stop. Uh, so I'll, la- lasting the 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 test of time, I guess we'll I guess we'll find out. Yeah. But um, I definitely gave it an A grade. A very enjoyable movie. I have not made it back to see it a second time in the theater, but I will. Uh, I just got to find somebody who hasn't seen it yet and use them as an excuse so I can uh, <laughs> take. It. Yeah, I actually have a friend of mine who. Uh, talked to me the other day and he was like yeah i still got to see it and uh, he said we ought to find a time to go I said, yeah i'll go see it again i definitely will see it again but mm-hmm. I, I agree with both of you i think this is something that it's going to be the rewatchability and i'll del i'll go deeper in that later once we kind of s- spoil some stuff mm-hmm. but uh but yeah i said that in my tiktok review and i'm going to give him credit again director of photography greg fraser a beautifully shot movie. Mm-hmm. Loved every moment of it. I will point out the three hour or two hours and 55 minute <laughs> runtime. There's a lot. I don't mind a three hour movie mm-hmm. 
if it doesn't feel like a three hour movie. <laughs> and there were moments of this movie yeah, that yes. drug. Yeah. yeah. And yes. so I I think that this uh, I'll probably say this several times. I think there could have been about thirty or forty five minutes of this movie cut. Oh yeah. Um part of me just thinks that DC went, Hey, you know, let's just let him after the after the Zack Snyder debacle, let's just let Matt Reeves do what he wants to do. <laughs> That's but, exactly what they did. Yeah. Um and I'll and I'll give you this little nugget. I saw it on that sneak peek and that was in an IMAX, non reclining seats. And Ooh. I didn't realize that at first. So when I as soon as I sat down, I just went, Oh my gosh. <laughs> what have I yeah. done? <laughs> so spoiled. We're, we're so yeah. spoiled. I've got to sit in a chair for three hours. Uh yeah, mm. was was a little long, especially that first hour. That's yeah. where my wife yeah. and I talk about they need to bring back intermissions. Like <laughs> yes. yeah. bring back the movie intermissions. <laughs> we we went and saw uh Lay Miz when my wife was pregnant. Oh so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we definitely are pro intermissions. Mm-hmm. Uh but I will also agree that this movie needs to be seen in a theater. Yes. Oh yeah. I, yeah, definitely. Yes. And especially a theater with a good sound system. Yes, absolutely. Because there were moments in this movie in which my seat was shaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it was it wasn't that annoying, loud noise. Mm-hmm. It was I'm experiencing the movie loud mm-hmm. noise, and I think so. Even sound engineering, which I don't know who the sound engineer was, I mean I think that was great. So yeah, so we'll get into more. Of course, we'll give our full uh, final decisions at the end with bag it, stack it, or trade it. But those of you who do not want to be spoiled, you just uh, you hit pause and you come back later after you've seen the movie. And for everybody else, we'll be back with our spoilers. All right, so now we are spoiler, 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 spoiler. <laughs> we we were start talking about the movie with nothing to hold us back to talk about things that we saw and things that happened in this movie. Let's go ahead and jump into it. As always, we're going to start off with talking about the characters. This one's going to be fun. Let's talk about Batman. Let's talk about uh, the shiny, sparkly vampire. Let's talk about <laughs> Robert Pattinson. Let, let's not talk about it much. Oh, come on. He wasn't that bad. He His, his Batman was actually very convincing and very good. But he's mainly Batman in the movie, so... Yeah, like 95% of the movie, yeah. he's Batman. Yeah, right. so... And, of course, we talked about the, the Bruce Wayne was not very engaging, but there's then that there's that thought of, well, this is kind of year two Batman, so he hasn't discovered that he's got to be this flamboyant, and yeah. he's got to play the part of Bruce Wayne to have a true double identity. And so, understanding it that way, I can understand why they went in that direction. But it's still hard because he's not his personality doesn't change whether he's in the suit or he's not. He's but I still think the that same was character. I think that was done like you're saying. Yeah. I think that was done intentionally. Yeah. He, there's very uh, little there's very little Bruce Wayne because he's learning to become Bruce Wayne. He's yeah. he's yeah. You know, he's year two of Batman and we see him, you know, still equipment malfunctioning things of that nature. But he hasn't learned yet that he needs to be the philanthropist, that he needs mm-hmm. to be the playboy, that he needs to treat Alfred a little bit better because he's kind of a yeah. kind of a jerk to Alfred. <laughs> jerk. Um, and, yeah. and so he hasn't learned to be that side of Bruce Wayne yet. And I think we're going to see that transition as these movies go along. But because of that, we get very little Bruce Wayne, which, in my opinion, is a good thing with this particular emo goth 
needs to wash his hair uh, version of Bruce Wayne that we have. <laughs> yeah. So did you know that Matt Reeves based the character off of Kurt Cobain? No. I know. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Re- Reeves based the character off of Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, especially the look. Right. Right. And also based kind of his story off of Michael Corleone from The Godfather. Okay. Interesting. I don't know how much of that I see. Yeah. But I, I will say one thing I don't think we've ever talked about. It. I did feel like this was the most 90s Batman, even though it came out in 2020, because the song choices were very much that 90s grunge. When you said Kirk Cobain, I, remember, I reminded me, I was like, these are some very interesting song choices for this movie, that right. it felt very 90s grunge rock uh, feel. You know, what we so that I... I just want to throw that out there while you mentioned it. So do you think it's supposed to be set in the 90s? Is there ever a time stamp at anywhere? Not that I can recall. Yeah, not that I recall either. Kind of wonder, like, are they going to, did they maybe set themselves up so if they ever want to fast forward, they could put him into into the DCEU? I'm just going to say it. Yeah. You know, do they have that room for them? Yeah. Now, I will say that, and this is kind of somewhat off subject still, too, again, but we talked about the the little trailer, the little extended clip that DC showed before the movie started. I guess they did that. I know Ron and I both saw it in previews. They showed that same clip before you're showing Laramie. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think so. OK, so the, so for the pre-showings, they showed that was like 90 second or two minute. Here are all the DC movies coming out in 2022. That they, it was already online. Oh, like the one could, the one that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's so it, I have seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they showed that actually right before the movie started for both Ron's viewing and mine, I think. But I I think it's interesting because you see these other characters in the DCU, and then there's the Batman. It's like, oh well, here's all these other movies that are connected, but no, here's this one that's totally not. Just made yeah. it kind of weird uh, <laughs> during that that clip. Well, I'm pretty sure Super Pets is not in the same universe. Yeah, but they didn't show that in the... Uh, <laughs> that's not in the clip, though. It just showed the Batman, Aquaman, The Flash, and Black Adam. Yeah. So. Yeah, because again, like we said, Shazam's not in that one. So, just a fun fact. Uh, I found this. Robert Pattinson is actually a huge Batman fan. Uh, and it's why he wanted to do this movie. He mm-hmm. had not really done any big mainstream movies since uh, Twilight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't really like the... Uh, he apparently liked to avoid the paparazzi and didn't really want to be in the limelight. So that's why he did more lower independent movies. Um, but I found out that when he went to the audition, I don't know how he got a hold of it, but he wore Val Kilmer's Batsuit. Okay. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Val Kilmer, if you watch the Val Kilmer documentary that I think was on Hulu or Prime, I watched it years ago, he sold a bunch of his personal like memorabilia when he was fighting cancer. He needed money for like some of the treatments he was doing. So Pattinson might have bought it directly from Kilmer. You never know. Yeah, I don't know. But that's, I thought that was very interesting. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I did. Apparent, yeah. The other thing that kind of surprised me was it apparently was slightly small for Robert Pattinson. <laughs> now that is interesting. That surprises me. Yeah. I did read that when he first wore the suit, he was afraid to take it off because he was afraid they were going to fire him. Like he felt like if he took it off, then 
they would realize he wasn't a good Batman. And, uh, he was afraid that if he took it off in the sunlight, he would sparkle. <laughs> that's, that's what they did. That's what he didn't want. <laughs> he didn't want to see that. Yeah, that's probably true too. That's probably that, true. Yeah. that was so well played. <laughs> Thank you. That was, that Thank was... you very much. That look, Bethany. That was so. Another side story here, but uh, Bethany and I's first date was to see Twilight. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. And I knew <laughs> nothing about it. Nothing. Wow. And she knew everything, right? Yeah, she had read the books. <laughs> but the thing is, I'm huge into vampires. Okay. You know, I talked about that actually in the Blade episode uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I'm huge into vampire. I was a big Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. I did a research paper in high school about vampires. Huge vampire fan. So I'm always curious, like, what is the mythology they're going to have? Mm-hmm. So we're going into this, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, and then when they start to have the scene where he's about to re- step out in the sunlight, I was like, oh, it, it, are they going to reveal that they can actually be in the sunlight, or is there something? To-? And then he he steps out in the sunlight, and I was like, oh, he's glittery. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't a big fan of that. I I only saw the first one and I think I fell asleep twice watching it. So yeah, that was that's my Twilight experience. I will say I've only seen each of them No, scratch that. I have only seen all of them but the last one once. I've actually never seen the last one. So my you wife know, and my daughter watched those movies. I have not watched any of them, but I've seen little 2-minute increments walking through the house to get a snack from the refrigerator and, and going back. So uh, I know very little about what actually happens in, in any of, of those movies. Uh, I will say, uh, since you're talking about first dates, though, my wife and I, our first date, I, I think, was to a movie that uh, this this movie draws a little bit of uh, homage from. We went to see Seven for our first oh, wow. date. Huh? Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, going back to Pattinson being cast, you know, he gets cast and then there's a huge uproar Mm-hmm. About, you know, I, I think there was even a change.org petition <laughs> to get him removed. And I'm sitting there going, listen, give him a chance. Nobody wanted Keaton to be cast. He right. was a comedic That's actor. That's true. Right. No one wanted Heath Ledger to be cast yeah, as the I Joker. That. That's true, too. I remember and that. again, you and I, all three of us have already talked about how that Michael Keaton is our Batman. Mm-hmm. People are going crazy about the fact that he's going to return as Batman, yep. not only for the Flash movie, but even for the Batgirl movie mm-hmm. that they're making for HBO Max. Heath Ledger, I mean, the only person to win an Oscar for a Batman movie. True, true. Uh, and his, is it's always talked about. So I honestly, when he got cast, I'm like, okay, I'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I, I did not dislike his Batman. No. I didn't get enough of him as Bruce Wayne to say Bruce Wayne. Right. Anything, but I did not dislike his Batman. I honestly will put his Batman, I'm, I'll probably say top three or four. Yeah. I, I honestly, I, wouldn't I think that. I would. I think I would. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I liked his, I liked his Batman. And I like this iteration of Batman, the still young and learning. Uh, Batman. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, the Batman that knocks on a door and says, "I'm here. Would you let me in to see your boss?" Uh, and thank, thank the Lord, he didn't give us that Christian Bell voice. Oh yeah, uh, the groggly. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ben Affleck had the voice modulator at least, but Bale, where I just wanted his duck face lips, and then the yeah. 
Yeah, never a fan of that. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's go ahead and talk about the big bad guy, the Riddler, uh, who I, I always like to point point out where they first debuted in the comics. Riddler debuted in De- Detective Comics number 140 back in October of 1948. Wow. Long time ago. Old uh, villain mm-hmm. there. Uh, this time, uh, he's been played previously, uh, famously, I would probably even say, by Jim Carrey in the yep. movies. Now he's being played by Paul Dano. What's your uh, What's your take on Paul Dano's Riddler? Unnerving, I think, is the word that Tim and I used. Um, yeah. F- fantastic as uh, with the mask on and mm-hmm. maybe even creepier with the <laughs> mask off. off. Yeah. 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 He goes to two different like serial killer yes. modes. Yes. Because mm-hmm. with the mask on, he is, and Matt Reeves does say that he, he based the look off of the Zodiac killer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he's the Zodiac killer. As soon as he takes it off, he's Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, that's, that's the way I looked at it. But yeah, no, very, very unnerving, very creepy. I will say this, though. I found it a little interesting that when he was in the big getup, he looks like a large man. Yeah, he looks bigger than he actually is. Yeah, and then Paul Dano, not a large man. Not at all. Um, I also find it funny that a forensic accountant, which is, I think, what they say he is, is a master at electronic devices. He's apparently a sharpshooter. You know, mm-hmm. all this ability that he has. Uh I'm I, I kind of was like, okay, yeah. that's maybe stretching it a little bit. And let's not let's not doubt his arts and crafts because those cards that he made were oh, yeah. uh, were Hallmark quality. <laughs> he I had say. to have made those cards. <laughs> he didn't those pick, cards he didn't, were not store bought. Yeah, he didn't pick them up at Walgreens on the way. He's like, which one will be best for this riddle? Definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, not much of a dating life as a forensic accountant, so he's got lots of times to home <laughs> homemade craft some cards. Right. I, I do want to point out for anybody who um, probably is more familiar with the fact that the Riddler's name is usually Edward Nigma. Mm-hmm. The name in the movie of Edward Nashton actually is from the comics. That's the name that he started to use um, in the New 52. I think it was D- uh, DC's way of kind of getting away from that, oh, get it? Yeah, Enigma. Enigma. Yeah, he's the Riddler. Mm-hmm. You're kind of getting away from that campiness uh, to that. So, how do you compare the Riddler with, let's say, Heath Ledger's Joker or Two Face or Rajal Ghul, some of the other big villains we've had in Batman movies, or Jack Nicholson's Joker? Yeah, throw them all out there. The scariest villain that we've had in any of the movies, mm-hmm. um, like like you said, more of a just a straight up serial killer. Uh, where there's real consequences to the actions that he's that he's that he's he's showing us, um, I think Heath Ledger's Joker is is probably the the villain that most people are forever going to be compared to. As you mentioned, the only award winner, uh, but he was, I think, the scariest one, the uh, most unnerving one. Uh, so I thought he was fantastic, better than the others. I mean, Jack Nicholson is is um, I mean, you gotta love him. He and that in 1989, Batman, he, uh, 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 he, I mean, he's just loving every second that he's in those bright yeah. colors as Joker. He's he's just enjoying every minute of it, and that yeah. that makes the performance um, uh, enjoyable. That's it. That's a Nicholson. Did I, did I make him a golfer? Uh, <laughs> or, or Jack Nicholson? You're right. 
Jack Nicholson. Yeah, Nich- you're right. Nicholson. Yeah. Nicholson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you're right. We got the Players Championship going on here in Jacksonville this weekend. So all the go- <laughs> I've been listening to golf uh, all week all week on the uh, radio. But uh, what about you, Tim? Yeah, I think what's interesting about this this one and the Riddler in particular is it's this is the first Batman movie where the villains, quote unquote, don't feel like comic book villains. And, you know, we're used to seeing a comic book villain that's like, oh, well, that's it's not real. You know, it's not even even Heath Ledger's Joker as uh, charismatic as he was. You don't see somebody walking around in white paint. Well, you know, (laughs) before this movie came out, you didn't. But uh, (laughs) but but this was, you know, to 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 borrow a phrase from. NBC TV, uh, ripped from the headlines, it felt very much like you're, it wasn't just a comic book movie, it was also a movie that was kind of showing somewhat of society of what, you know, a cautionary tale of society. So that's what's really set this movie apart from the others, and even the villains of the Riddler, like it's, it's, it didn't feel like the Riddler, the Riddler that we know is not this yeah. character that no, I saw. he's not in a green suit yeah. with a bowler hat yeah. and a, a cane and um yeah uh here, I, we got to go ahead and talk about this and again spoilers <laughs> you talk about this being more real realistic mm-hmm. although we do have the joker there is a joker <laughs> yeah yeah and it looked to me like he had a white face yeah yeah what are your thoughts about potentially getting the jo- I did hear there is a I, I can't wait for this blu-ray to come out I really hope they include this scene but did you hear there was supposed to be a scene where Batman went to Arkham and interviewed the Joker in kind of a mind hunters Hannibal Lecter you know being interviewed by Will Graham to try to get into the head of the Riddler mm. um, I, I did not hear that that happened but I Knowing that part of this is based on the Long Halloween, and that's in the in the in the comic mm-hmm. book series, the Long Halloween. That's what Batman does. He he goes to yeah. Arkham and and picks the brain of uh, was a cal- mm-hmm. calendar man, uh, right? Yes, the villain being uh, Holiday, who's killing people, uh, murdering people on holidays. Uh, so that would make sense, uh, since you know it's just kind of loosely based that he would have gone there. I I, I agree with you. If that's, I mean I. I can't remember the last time I bought a Blu-ray, but I will buy it if that if that scene is on there <laughs> to watch it and, and st- have it. Yeah, I still buy them. I gotta have that collection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I that but that scene to me, and I guess we'll, we'll talk more about like the third act and and the issues that that's that's where the yeah. the, the movie kind of fell apart for me. That it kind of lost some notches, but. That was a scene I don't feel like I needed. Yeah, and I it I, did feel kind of wedged in. Yeah, there. and I was like, I, the Joker is is like I don't need the Joker in every Batman movie. Like I didn't need a standalone Joker movie to be honest, and that's a whole other discussion. But <laughs> I just I didn't need it. It, it felt yeah. It just I, I felt I was also, too fan servicey. Yeah, yeah. It just felt like yeah. I was like, and and they didn't really show his face. Like I felt like they were trying to like, hey, here's a little sneak peek for what's coming. I'm like I really didn't need that. I you you had me. You know, you had me up to that point that I'm coming to see the next installment. I didn't need the tease of the Joker for the next installment to have me coming back. I mean, we already have Catwoman, Penguin, Riddler. Right. They they didn't Mm need, and I agree with you. I don't, I could go without the Joker for a while. Yeah. Because even, and even the Penguin, I felt was somewhat under you. So I'm hoping that he becomes 
you know, his he becomes more the the main villain for the second movie. I didn't need, you know, the Joker for that. Now, did y'all do y'all know who's playing the Joker? The actor that's playing the Joker? I do not. I don't know. It's it's Barry Keoghan. He had just played uh, Druig in the Eternals. Okay. Okay. Y'all fact, saw the Eternals? Yes. I did, but I couldn't tell you who any of the characters' names were. <laughs> Dru- Druig, Druig's the one that uh, mind controls that entire civilization. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. I know you're talking about so he, yeah. he's the Joker. Okay. He's our new Joker. So, That's interesting. Um, yeah. Mark, Mark, Hamill is, Mark Hamill is my Joker. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Look, you, we can't. We can never compare all of this to Batman the Animated Series because right. Batman the Animated Series is the goat. I mean, that's that's it. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on uh, to Selena Kyle. Uh, they never do call her Catwoman. Um, she's just Selena Kyle. The character first appeared as the Cat in Batman Number One way back in 1940. Here she is played by Zoe Kravitz, who actually, this was not the first time she played Catwoman. She was the voice of Catwoman in the Lego Batman movie. Oh, very nice. That is fantastic. Uh, of course, she, it's not the first time being in a comic book movie. She was Angel in X-Men First Class. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Um, my opinion, best Catwoman we've had yet. Could not agree more. Uh, yeah, wholeheartedly. Yeah. Uh, Zoe Kravitz, and I'm not just saying that because uh, her mother, Lisa Bonet, is single now, and uh, I think a natural progression for her would be uh, Lenny Kravitz, Jason Momoa, and then me. I think that's a good uh, good (laughs) way for that to go. Um, So I'm not just sucking up to Zoe for that. Her Selena Kyle was great. Um, It's um, not over-the-top, campy cat Mm -hmm. slinking around. And I also thought, going back just... Just a little bit to uh, uh, how Bruce Wayne has not become a playboy yet. When Batman's big uh, uh, line, he doesn't know what to say to her. It's just, uh, you got a lot of cats. Uh, I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah not, not, not a lot of game uh, uh, for this, for this uh, Batman, Bruce Wayne, at this, at this point in his life. Uh, but she was fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're not going to get any pushback from me. I mean, I think she was, I, I, to me, I felt she was more of the star of the movie than Pattinson was. Because I think she had... She she lit up the screen for all of her scenes, and she yeah. brought but she brought a lot of energy, you get a lot that, more humanity yeah, yeah. out of her. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. she brought more yes. energy than than you're going to get. You know, she was kind of the yin to his his yang. So in that instance, he needed to be more subdued and more wooden because mm-hmm. if he was as charismatic as she was, then that dynamic wasn't going to be the same. But she yeah. she had just like Ron said, she's just the right uh, amount of charisma that you need for that character that without taking it too far um i think she played it perfectly well and and the role of i mean not just being a a cat burglar Mm -hmm. but you know i mean she has real stakes in this and and, and, and what is going on and that just makes the character that much more important to the film Mm -hmm. moving along let's talk about lieutenant james gordon of course he he's more known as commissioner gordon but i like that we're getting to see his uh build as well as a character uh, that character first appeared in Detective Comics number 27 all the way back in May of 1939. Wow. Uh, here he is played for the first time by a man of color. Mm-hmm. He is played by uh, the wonderful <laughs> Jeffrey Wright, who I do not think can do anything bad. Mm-hmm. And of course, not his first uh, go as a comic book character. He was the voice of The Watcher. In the Dis- right. Disney Plus uh, What If series, mm-hmm. um, which, again, 
he's great at. <laughs> so yeah, I, I love that they go ahead and establish, look, they clearly have built up a relationship from his Batman's first year of being Batman, and you don't have to explain why. Mm-hmm. And I I'm I was totally fine with it. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to explain why. I, 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 Tim and I have talked about this so many times over the years. I just I love smart writing and storytelling where you do not have to explain every little yes. thing to your audience. Establish the relationship mm-hmm. without giving us the origin of the relationship. Right, right. And, and in comic book movies, because they're written for 12-year-olds, they often feel like they have to <laughs> overdo that in all of these movies. And so I love it yeah. now that we're getting to the point where we don't have to rehash origin stories for for mm-hmm. a superhero or for just friendships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I'm not going to say it's a bad thing, but also with Nolan's take on it, that he's the cop that tended to Bruce after the, the shooting. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was sweet. But again, I'm like, it, it's unnecessary. We don't need them to have this lifelong bond. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... They're two guys who want to protect and save Gotham, and that's all we need. So, so other than that, what what's your what were your takes on uh, Jeffrey Wright's? I mean, you better not talk bad about Jeffrey Wright's performance. <laughs> but go ahead. Well, I mean, I'm just kidding. No, nope. uh, no, I, I think will. I thought he was I great. I boot I mean, you from the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I've been a fan of Jeffrey Wright for a long time, and and you're right. I I haven't seen him anything that I haven't liked. Yeah, so I was about to say about Westworld because I didn't make it past halfway through the second season, but I don't think he was really in the second season. But I think it was good. I mean, I think it was, it was good. That's I mean, he's he's great. I, you know, yeah. I think Ron and I, when Ron first saw it, him and I were talking about it, and he felt like he was a little underused. But that's just because of my great respect for for Mr. Wright's uh, talent. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I just yeah. I just think he could he could. Do a little more, but I I could say the same thing about Andy Circus when we get mm-hmm. to when we get to Alpha. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, I I want to see, and I've heard this is in consideration. I want to see a. I know that Fox did the whole Gotham thing, but I want to see a crime procedural Gotham PD mm-hmm. television show featuring Jeffrey Wright's Lieutenant Gordon. I yeah. would love that. I'll take it. I, that's what I I want to see. I, I want to see that. Put that on HBO Max. Let me uh, let me see it. <laughs> I agree. All right, uh, let's go ahead and hit. We just mentioned them, so let's go ahead and talk about Alfred Pennyworth, uh, the the famous Butler of Batman. Um, first appeared in Batman number sixteen in April of nineteen forty three, which honestly surprises me that he wasn't introduced earlier. Right. But this time he is played by Andy Serkis, a good friend of Matt Reeves. Mm-hmm. Of course, Matt Reeves and Andy Serkis had previously worked on the Planet of the Ape uh, movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, uh, I'm pretty sure, where they started talking about this. I, I have to mention it because we're running on this. Not his first take in <laughs> comic book movies as well, yeah. because he was Ulysses Claw, Claw. in the MCU. Yep. Although he is no more, but. <laughs> I know the multiverse is open now, so... Yeah, true. I I think, though, he's got this job now. (laughs) But, uh, Ron, you mentioned this earlier. Yeah, this is not the relationship we're used to Mm -mm. between Bruce and Alfred. It was very cold between the two of them. Very much so. Um, And I guess... And again, it goes back to him. He's learning to be Bruce Wayne, and maybe he, he... 
he he's he's got to come to appreciate the role Alfred has has had in his life a little bit more. Alfred, the yeah, but uh, it's been what like twenty something years. <laughs> like what since the, since the is, parents have died. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, it's hard to explain, <laughs> but may, maybe it's just hard to explain because we've never seen that younger Bruce Wayne, that younger Batman. I mean, he probably wasn't always a, a, a nice guy. But yeah. you know, Alfred, the keeper of cufflinks, uh, we learn in, in this <laughs> in this movie, which 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 leads to what to so you're Wayne now. Is it, was that the line? Uh, yeah, thank yeah. You, yeah. Your father had, gave then, these cufflinks to me, and that shuts Bruce up mm. quick. But uh, I mean, I love Andy Circus. I love him in everything. Uh, mm. You know, but I'll be honest. There's still a little part of me when he's handing him the cufflinks. There's a little bit one of it's like. Wish he would have said, my precious cufflinks. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they wouldn't have that. But every time I ever see Andy Serkis anywhere, I'm going to think of my precious. Gollum. Yeah. Yeah. I I think of, if anybody was underused, it was Andy Serkis. In For this sure. He's, Alfred. he's not in it yeah. enough. Like the first but, half. And then. Yeah. But one of the scenes that bothered me, I know we're, we'll, I know we'll probably we'll get there, but him opening the package... Yeah, and I just, just go ahead and talk about. I it just now, wanted yeah. to scream like, "Alfred, you're smarter than this. What is your? Yeah. What is your? What are you doing? You know this is a trap. Why would you open this?" So yeah. that 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 bothered like, me a lot. And once again, that 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 diminished the Alfred role for me even more. Yeah. It's like I know it's you like, don't you have a military ex- yeah exactly background? Like, supposed like, to. Yes. They they give him they give him the scars. He's got the yeah. cane. I mean, right. clearly, right. So that yeah made no sense. Yeah. It would have made more sense if it if it wasn't known that the yeah, yeah. the Riddler is sending <laughs> out was these. The, if that was the first one that got sent out, it would be made, yeah. it would have made a little more sense. But by this point, you know. Hey, right, yeah, we need more Alfred. That's all we're going to say. That <laughs> so, uh, let's move on to another person that Tim mentioned wanting to see more of, and that's the Penguin. Absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, Oz Oswald. Although I think they just call him Oz mm-hmm. in the movie, mm-hmm. Oz Cobblepot. Uh, character first debuted in Detective Comics number 58 in December of 1941. And here, if honestly, if you never told me, I would have never guessed this was Colin Farrell. Nope. Outstanding, outstanding work with the makeup department. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, outstanding work for Colin. Yeah, yeah, because he I mean, completely it, there's different. no hint of Colin Farrell in here. Mm-hmm. There's no hint, there's no hint of Bullseye from Daredevil. <laughs> Again, another comic book connection. There you go. They've all been in previous comic book movies. <laughs> Going right down the line. A very understated performance in the sense of he's just great. I mean, and it's a it, yeah. He it was a true character. Like that was the penguin. That wasn't oh, it's Colin Firth being. I mean, oh, not Colin Firth. It's Colin, not, Firth. Yeah. <laughs> Colin Firth would have been an interesting <laughs> yeah. penguin. Yeah, it's not. Uh, you know, it's not this actor being the penguin. It was like that mm-hmm. was its own unique character. Like I didn't think of it as an actor. I like that was just that guy's the penguin. That's that that's was, who he is. Yeah, that was the penguin. Yeah, yeah. And again, this is the most grounded penguin that we've that we've seen where he's not a comic book character which and traditionally i mean penguin always has you know the monocle and he's short and and that kind of things from the comic books but he's he's an organized crime tie-in that's that's his Mm -hmm. lead he's yeah and that's what he's a monster and that's and it goes back to what you said uh, uh, a little earlier laramie about uh, there being some ties here to the godfather uh movies and we get that with with falcone and and um and and then the penguin and we get the mob families Mm -hmm. and we we get these things happening uh but it makes him a real character it makes him a real villain not just someone that you have to pay attention to Mm -hmm. um uh, in the movie 
Yeah, going to that, uh, from what I've found out is Colin Farrell actually studied uh, Frito Corleone hmm. from The Godfather, which that, that one I do see. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. one I do see. So He did not study Danny DeVito? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm going to throw this Meredith? out there. I'm going to throw this out there, and I'm just going to say that if anybody just wants to say I'm an idiot, you can tell me I'm an idiot. But if I did not know this was Colin Farrell, and you were to ask me what actor was, and then it was a famous actor, was playing the Penguin, I would have said John Travolta. Ooh. That's not too far off. Yeah, I can see that. That's good, Laramie. Yeah. 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 I would have just guessed John Travolta. <laughs> there was just something he, about it that felt like John Travolta. And he's probably mad he didn't get it. <laughs> uh, he can cry in his airplane. Uh, <laughs> well, he's flying his airplane. Right. Uh, all right. Since we're on the uh, mob connection, let's go ahead and talk about Carmine Falcone. Yeah. Who first appeared, uh, the newest character, really, uh, appeared in Batman number 405. Wow. In 1987, uh, here he is played by John Turturro in what is probably the most comic book character-ish character of the movie. Yes, yes. That, that's it. Yeah. Uh, real quick trivia fact. His son, John Turturro's son, uh, Amedio, Amedio, I apologize for mispronouncing that, is actually an editor for DC Comics. Oh, wow. Oh, very interesting. So I'm sure he got some insight from his son about mm-hmm. how to kind of portray the character and all. So very interesting. So yeah, what were your thoughts on this char- characterization, I will say, of Carmine Falcone? I think I told Ron we were talking about it. I felt like Taturo was trying to be Al Pacino yeah. in, in the movie. Like I felt like he yeah. was, that was the character like, he was trying to be. He wanted to be who Pacino was in every movie that Pacino was in. Yeah, he was definitely trying to be a character. And yeah. That was, I think, yeah. my biggest problem which is, with this which character. Is, which is how he, most of the movies he's in, he's playing true. a character. So there wasn't, it wasn't off-brand for him, but it did. And then he got Barton Fisk, in which he's, yeah, that's yeah, confusing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, third act just kind of falls apart for me. And he was yeah. a big part of that third act that was like, I didn't think it was necessary okay so let's get into spoilers here what were your thoughts on the twist to find out that he is selena kyle's father <sighs> um <laughs> I, I take that, that bad huh i take that deep sigh which makes it sound bad and, and honestly it, it was not I, I mean i didn't think it was that big of a twist by the time we got to that point i mean right before that i, I think you could you could kind of see that coming I, i'm not sure how i i think i need to see the movie again to really digest how I feel about that part of the movie. I agree with Tim. By the time we get to that third act, there's some, there are some things starting to fall apart. And I agree with what you yeah. said, Laramie, about his, that's the most comic booky, you know, type character because he's, he's, he's trying so hard to, to be that. Yeah. But that particular plot point, I, I think it helps Selena, Kyle, it helps, helps that character. I mean, a little bit again. We we see her as a real person with real stakes in the game and real things that that have have hurt her. You know, from her, her friend being murdered and, and 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 stuff. So we we get to see that aspect of it, and I guess this helps that along. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Was it necessary? I mean, wasn't the the friend thing enough? Should have like, been. Wasn't yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't the way they're treating them yeah, enough? And see, this is where I wonder how much of Affleck's script or his story got put into this. Yeah. 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 Like some I aspects know. I feel like Warner's like, oh, we should we should keep this. And even though it didn't gel as well with the rest of the story, they kind of found a way to put it in there. What about, again, talking about Twist with him, there's another one. What about the implication that they gave that he was the one who ordered the hit on the Waynes? Too much coincidence for me. Yeah, you're connecting the characters too much, mm-hmm. and that, that's kind of where I felt about it, too. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But we didn't get to see the Waynes get killed, and so I was happy. <laughs> I was very happy. As anybody who listens to this show knows, that's the one thing I never want to see again is... Thomas and Martha Wayne get shot. The, the pearls, the pearls crashing yeah, to the, the pearls flying. <laughs> yeah, there's one. I'm just going to throw this out. We don't have to talk about it, but I thought this was a fun piece of trivia. So at the very beginning of the movie, when we see the Joker gang, there is the one. Uh, I guess he was supposed to be like a recruit um, being initiated. Uh, the guy who's ha- only half of his face was painted. Right. Mm-hmm. That actor is Jay Lucurgo. And just fun little bit of trivia, because he filmed this before. He was then cast on the television show Titans as Tim Drake, Robin. <laughs> really? Yeah. Very interesting. Wow. So, so he not only has another comic book connection, it's still a Batman connection. <laughs> he is he is currently Tim Drake on the TV show Titans. So, uh, one quick question. Speaking of Robin, are they setting up that the mayor's son will be Robin? Oh, there has to be something going on with that with that kid. He's featured too yeah. much in yeah. this movie. So maybe not Robin, maybe something else. But yeah, well, no, but it, it, it would make sense because let's fast forward Batman ahead about ten years. Um, yeah. Then that kid is what about? Six, Late teens, early 20s, depending on... yeah. Very interesting. So uh, I think we kind of already answered this, but uh, I want to ask this question as part of once we're done with the characters. So uh, who do you want to see again? Who do you want to see more of? And who do you wish would be gunned down in the alley after walking out of the ma- Mark of Zorro? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll take more Catwoman uh, all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and can we, can we mow down Bruce Wayne and keep Batman? Is that, uh, <laughs> can, can we do that? If, if not, oh geez, I have to think about who to gun, gun down. Tim, help me out here. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Did Fal- Falcone survive? Did Falcone survive? No. Yeah. I don't think he did. I don't but think he that did. would, that's my pick. That's, still. That, was, like, that, that was the first person I thought of. I don't want him to have, to, although I, I did, I think Tim, you and I actually talked about this after I saw the movie. I'm kind of curious if they ever plan on introducing Two Face because it is yeah. Carmine Falcone's trial, right? Right. That yeah. That Harvey Dent becomes Two Face. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious where they go on that route. But yeah. yeah, for me, and and I think I said it earlier. Who do I? I want to see more Alfred. Yeah. I want to see more yeah. Andy Serkis. Yes. Yeah. So, but knowing that they're doing the Penguin TV show now with HBO Max, so we're definitely going to see more Penguin. So, but I would I would want to see more of him. But I'm I'm yeah more Alfred, more Batwoman. Not Batwoman. Uh, Catwoman. Cat, Catwoman. Yeah. Sorry, it's getting late. Is Colin playing that penguin? Yes. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Colin. Colin Jost. Keep the Colin. <laughs> There's another. Keep, keep, keep the wrong Collins keep, going. Keep, keep the Collins yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> Colin Jost would be an interesting choice, I'm sure. Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> Colin Hanks. Colin Hanks. There we go. 
<laughs> we need we need him in some superhero movies. Colin Hanks. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes and VCRs and video rental stores? Is the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? If you want to go back to school, back to the future, or even back to the beach, then the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast is for you. I'm Tim Williams, the creator and host, and on each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host as we revisit a different 80s flick to discuss our first-time watch memories, iconic scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories along the way. New episodes drop every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. <sighs> what seems to be the problem, pal? There's just so much pain in the world, so many issues. I don't think I can bear it. Well, friendo, it sounds like you could use a dose of pop culture roulette. Pop culture roulette? What's that? Some sort of pop culture themed podcast or something? That's right, sonny boy. When hope seems far, dive into some PCR. But I already get my entertainment news from Variety. Huh, that's pretty good. If you're a chucklehead, PCR gives you news you need, condensed, unfiltered, and raw, from three nerds who know a little something about something. Wow, okay, sign me up. That's the spirit. Pop Culture Roulette. New episodes every Monday, available on all major podcast directories. Alright, let's go ahead and get into the moving panels. We'll do this kind of quick. This obviously is not based on an actual comic book. This is not a storyline mm. that exists in the comic books but there are a bunch of elements uh from the comics so we'll jump into some of those first off the whole penguin running the iceberg lounge that's straight out of the comic book uh iceberg lounge first popped up in detective comics 683 in march of 1995 what i also found funny was the opening of that comic has batman and robin chasing two thugs on a catwalk up in a, a high building um, so again, talking about that third act, uh, oh, we yeah. get that little, yeah. little aspect again. Um, even though this is supposed to be the second year of Batman and there is a storyline called Batman year two, this has no connection to that storyline. Batman year two is actually when Batman squares off against a villain called the, uh, the Reaper, which then got translated. If we've done this episode before, got translated into the animated movie, the mask of the phantasm. So the Mask of the Phantasm is actually Batman Year Two. However, they did pull from Batman Year One, the famous mm-hmm. uh, Frank Miller story. Uh, you, of course, have the less experienced Batman, um, but Selina Kyle's character is almost pulled straight from these pages. I don't know if y'all are familiar with Batman Year One, but Selina Kyle is almost, I mean, her even Zoe Kravitz's look, it's pulled straight from these pages. Uh and her wanting to protect her roommate. Her roommate's not killed in year one, but it's still like she does her, what she does for people like her and her roommate. Ron, you brought this one up earlier, The Long Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Uh, of course, right off the bat, that's shown because the movie starts on Halloween. <laughs> also, the, the Long Halloween is about Batman having to track down a serial killer. And so we got that aspect there. Um, the Long Halloween also begins to imply that Selina Kyle is Falcone's daughter. 
So that was out of the comics. Okay. Mm-hmm. That the more evidence to that is laid out in there's actually a sequel to the Long Halloween called uh, Batman Dark Victory, right. and it's it's implied even further, like Catwoman's doing finding out more that she could be the daughter of Falcone. It's never confirmed though, at least not to my knowledge. It's never confirmed. Uh, so, but yeah, I look. I would love. I know they made an animated one, and we'll probably talk about it one day. I would love to see the Long Halloween live action. Oh yeah, it's not going to happen though, because <laughs> there there's too many characters, and you'd have to do some of the the supernatural characters, and they're not going to put Solomon Grundy in the, the Matt Reeves Batman world. <laughs> I would so love to see Solomon Grundy. Uh, on, on the old Super Friends cartoon, he was always my favorite villain when he would show up on the uh, uh, on that cartoon. But uh, with his deep Southern accent. <laughs> um, but you're right. That book. I mean, it's like his entire rogues gallery in the Long Halloween. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ron and I, we went we went to two different screenings in two different cities. But for the for the early showings, they actually gave out. A copy of like the first part of the Long Halloween comic book right. was like a freebie mm-hmm. that everybody got to see when they saw the Batman. So, oh, that's cool. Kind of knew that it had definitely had some strong ties to that comic. That's one they were giving. It, it has the Long Halloween yeah. printed across the top of it, so it was kind of a yeah. giveaway. <laughs> Look, as much of a Superman fan as I am, uh, Long Halloween, I read it years ago, and it has just been ingrained in my head how well that story. Matt Reeves also took inspiration from a story uh, at one shot called Ego, Batman Ego, um, which came out in August of 2000. This is another one. I got to admit, if you read the comic, it's drawn to even look like Batman the Animated Series. And when you read it, again, it's the same thing. I want to see... Now, this one I want to see animated. (laughs) I want to see it in the animation of Batman the Animated Series. I want Kevin Conroy to voice Batman. Uh, This is a great story. It deals with the dual identity. Mm-hmm. It's Batman is unable to save a guy from committing suicide. And Batman starts to question his existence. And they actually do it where he splits his personality. And a lot of the comic is Bruce Wayne talking to Batman and Batman talking to Bruce Wayne. Where I think the connection is, is we get the bookends of this movie is Bruce... I don't know if he's writing in a journal or if it's just his thoughts. You know, we get Bruce talking about Mm -hmm. what he is, what he is becoming. And we get that vengeance versus hope, you know, that we get at the end of the movie when he says, I realize I need to be a symbol of hope, Mm -hmm. Uh, which uh, I wrote down the line. One of the final lines in the ego comic is as much as Batman is a terrifying symbol to the underworld, he is also a symbol of to the good people of this city, a symbol of hope. And so, yeah, that Matt Reeves definitely took part of this. Even the aspect of where Riddler uh, explains to Batman that you created me. Like I saw what you were doing and I'm following in your footsteps. Mm -hmm. And of course people have talked about that for years, but ego even has Batman question the fact that, He's responsible, partly responsible, for all of his villains. Very interesting. I mean, it's it's an interesting little you know case study <laughs> as to if if he had never become Batman, would we have gotten all? Would Gotham had have had all these other villains? Mm-hmm. 
They also took from uh, Batman Zero Year, which uh, ran in the Batman comics from issue 21 to issue 33, from August of 2013 to September of 2014. In that, it's a whole storyline about the Riddler flooding Gotham City. Oh, that's where we got the flood uh, from. Okay. Yep. So that's straight out of the comics. From Batman Earth 1, although not sure if you're familiar with this, DC or Warner Brothers, whoever made the decision, has said that this universe is Earth 2. Oh, okay. So I guess okay. the the Earth 1 comic from September of 2012, uh, that one gives us a deeper look as to kind of Alfred's connection to the family. It The look is there. He's more worn looking. Uh, he walks with a cane in that comic. So you got a little bit more of that. That that book also contains Thomas Wayne running for mayor. Okay. So kind of all that background stuff we saw, even the stuff about Martha Wayne being uh, connected to the Arkham family. Okay. That comes from the Earth One uh, comic. So yeah, again, Matt Reeves definitely did his research mm-hmm. and definitely pulled elements from a lot of different comics. Uh, so let's just go ahead and talk about the movie. Um, I want to hit something first because this is this has gotten me from the very beginning. It's all supposed to be about focusing on him being a detective. Batman's supposed to be the world's greatest detective. Mm-hmm. They even say that line in the movie: "World's greatest detective." He sucks at being a detective. <laughs> in this movie, he does. Yes, he doesn't know what a carpet tucker is. <laughs> I ain't going to admit, I didn't know what a carpet tucker was either, but he didn't know what a carpet tucker was. Yeah, well, he you know, he was an entitled rich kid. I'm sure he wasn't laying much carpet. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that was part of it. Yeah. They wanted to separate out blue collar mm-hmm. from white collar. And him him realizing he's not re- as connected as he thinks I'm, he is. Yeah. I'm also sure 80% of the people sitting in the theater figured out these riddles before he figured it out, figured them out <laughs> on the screen. Yeah. People were actually shouting out answers. Right. Yeah, the riddles... Yeah, I've always thought that though. With Riddler's riddles, it's like, yeah, come on, anybody can figure these riddles out. Like, these riddles aren't that hard. I did like the addition of the ciphers, though. Yes. Yeah. Of yeah. Yeah, I I did like that addition. But yeah, going back to him being the world's greatest detective. Yeah, he doesn't know what a carpet tucker is, but I can see that being part of the story, where he's realizing he's he's still the rich boy and. It's a blue collar tool. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't really get that. But not knowing that Spanish, yeah. that <laughs> Rata should be La and not L. Right, right. Although it was a great scene with the penguin. Yeah. Going, Am I the only one that knows Spanish? Yeah. Like, because it's not just Batman. Everybody, Gordon right, didn't even know right, it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But okay. What was your thoughts about the Rata thing? Because the fact that they go, oh, it's uh, a, fly, a, a rat with wings, uh, a stool pigeon. No, 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 no. It's the penguin. No, 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 no. no it's a bat. No, right. no, no, no. It's a falcon. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, a rat, when they said rat with wings, I immediately thought of a bat because that's what I've, you know, that's that's been a pretty common thought or a common yeah. correlation. Yeah, that was um, definitely a confusing part of... Uh, of Ugh. the movie and uh, just seemed like poor writing. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't tighten that up. I mean, okay, yeah, it's cute that you connected all of this. You know, okay, it's a stool pigeon, so we're looking for, you know, or again, it's a rat. Like, they just went with a rat first, and mm-hmm. that right. it's, you know, someone right. who 
who turned against uh, Falcones and, oh, it's a stool pigeon and, oh, no, it's a penguin. What what else is has wings? <laughs> penguin. And yeah, uh, oh, it, it was a little bit much. What other what other aspects of the movies stuck out to y'all? That that was my main one. Was that he, he's a horrible detective? <laughs> that I think the part of the part of the movie that I'll, will stick with me the most, and and I'll take with me is the the serial killer aspect of Riddler. Um, the the device with uh, yeah. attached to the guy's head with the with the rats. It, it, just those different components. No, no, I'm I'm sorry. It's the ratas. It's la, la ratas. Yeah. Um, that's just not something that we've really seen. I mean, you typically the you know the Joker is trying to blow something up and kill people, but he's also mm-hmm. laughing. Where you where you always get the impression he's like, ah, if I get away with it, it's okay. If I don't, it's not. You know, it's so it's it's, it's a little bit more of a lightheartedness. But that darkness is definitely what I will take uh, away from this movie. The darkest, you know, grittiest uh, superhero movie that we've seen. And that's because of Riddler and um, um, those, those scenes. I actually had a friend of mine at, at work that was going to take their 10-year-old daughter to see the superhero movie. And so I actually told him, I said, just so you know, um yeah, there's no. some pretty and they were like oh i didn't realize that at all and they they mm-hmm. decided to do yeah. a little research on their own and then came back to me and said yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take her yeah well, and just piggybacking off of that i think ron and i were talking about it after you know we'd both seen it and i was like you know it's pg-13 and ron was like no that's r it was r right and i was like no that was a no it's PG-13. pg-13 movie yeah. i said it's it's probably one of the darkest yeah. but i said but but yeah. there's you know it's 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 smart because even uh the scene where uh, the Riddler gets the DA in his car. It's all blurred, so there, there's visually you don't see anything. But that's almost worse because you hear the struggle in the background, yeah. and, you, and it's this yeah. blurred image. It's like yeah. that's almost more terrifying than if you know what you see in like a Friday, you know, Friday the Thirteenth or like a slasher movie that gets an R rated because of the blood. I was like, yeah. just there's really no blood in this, or no, you know, that that that's the Hitchcock yeah. connection yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. Scariest so, parts of Jaws were when you didn't see the shark. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the anticipation yeah. or the not letting your imagination run wild, um, yeah. or people talking about how violent the shower scene was in Psycho, but mm-hmm. you never see the knife penetrate the body. Right, right. It's just you see a, the knife come up, mm-hmm. knife go down, right, and you see and her blood screaming. Blood down the drain. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, but the movie as a whole, to me, I think we've kind of tiptoed around it. But for me, it's like. A very slow first hour. The first hour feels yes. very slow. I know they're trying to building world building and and building the the. the I aesthetic. didn't need his slow walk through the cops. I didn't, every time I didn't, he yeah. entered a crime scene. <laughs> I, I didn't need the the thirty seconds of darkness for him to finally emerge from the darkness. Yeah, where you just hear his boots. Yeah, the boots. Yeah, which I think you and I talked about that. You can you tell how heavy. I did like that. How but you can tell the, how heavy that suit, suit is. Yeah. The the middle of the movie is where is its strength. Yes, and then that third act it kind of starts to. I heard somebody else made made the comment, and I have to agree with them. It's like it seems like Matt Reeves said, "I'm going to make this fifty million dollar Batman movie," and then he brought them like an hour and thirty. I mean, two hours and thirty minutes. And Warner Brothers like, "Oh, if we're going to spend that money, we need some spectacle. We need some big event yeah. thing to happen big at the superhero end." Superhero moment that. Yeah gets kind of thrown in at the end. And really like, I felt like once he had the Riddler 
contained, mm-hmm. the movie could have ended there. And yeah. if you wanted to go that next step, save that for the next story. I didn't need that whole extra 30, 45 minutes at the end. That just felt like, especially even after the big fight scene at the arena and the flooding and all that kind of stuff, even like the, much like uh, Return of the King, the seven endings we had at the end. And I think uh, Chad, your friend Chad made it. He said, yeah, he felt like Reeves was like, I'm, I'm not cutting any scenes. I'm going to, I'm putting every, all my favorite scenes in this movie, even if it runs three hours. And that's kind of how the last, you know, 30 minutes felt to me. Yeah. The whole epic, honestly, and I think you and I talked about this when Riddler blows all the vans, Mm -hmm. which I think was also to kind of close off Gotham. Uh, not only to flood it, but to kind of prevent anyone from getting there to help. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good ending. Like, I think you let it be that there's more for Batman now to do. Mm-hmm. You know, he's now got a city to save. And, and I think if you just stop there, I'd be completely fine with it. Going to the big epic, you know, battle bet- with all of the Riddler followers <laughs> uh, inside of Gotham Square Garden. Right. Which... Whose decision was it that what is essentially a giant bowl <laughs> is the best place to run to when there's a flood, flood yeah, coming? Yeah, higher ground is usually what you would think to go yeah. to. No, they go some someplace that is a bowl. It goes yeah, down. Go back to Katrina. They sent everybody to the Superdome in, in New Orleans, and then it flooded and the roof blew off. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, and, and just goes to show politicians if, <laughs> don't make the best decisions. Who would have thought? There you go. Oh, you mean like the mayor who goes? I'll, no, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go out there because y'all are too scared. And as soon as she did that, I'm like, she's getting shot, right? Yep. And then doesn't she heal very quickly because she gets she shot? Does. I thought twice, and then when he's helping her out of the water, she's perfectly she just, okay. She's fine. She's yeah. fine. She doesn't act like her arms hurt or right. shoulders. She's not grabbing her side. She's in this dirty water, like just <laughs> wading through it. Well, um, I mean, the flooding, even though it's affecting, you know, a lot of people, it feels like the least stakes are, are, are in that, those scenes, than the earlier individual yeah. death scenes, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, where yeah. it's very impactful, but just for one individual. Um, and then here yeah. you have the city flooding and people running, but you don't really feel like anyone's going to die or drown. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure there was. But I'm sure. We, right. Yeah. And that you say that, it's like, I feel like there are more people in that cathedral for the funeral than there were in gotham square yeah. garden at the end like i got there were more yeah. lives that was stake. a bigger moment yeah. Yeah. yeah all right um so anything else you guys want to talk about the movie or we think we're ready to just wrap it up wrap it up yeah i think i think i've covered everything i really like seeing it a second time i'll probably have more thoughts and things that i, I catch the second yeah. go around this movie this movie is one that at least deserves a second watch yeah you know one, once once you get through all of the things that happen all the reveals all of that i think it, it's worth a second watch you can kind of pay attention to other aspects of it a little bit more well it sounds yeah. to me like we're field tripping next uh weekend gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> hey i'm game very possible as as long as we we get reclining seat. there we yeah. go thank you please <laughs> uh, yeah all right, so time for us to make our final decision. It's bag it, stack it, or trade it time. And, Ron, I'm sure you're familiar with the show. You know what all this means. Um, and since you are the newbie, 
I'll let you go first. How do you treat this uh, this movie? Would you bag it, stack it, or trade it? Well, since we all just said we're going to see it again, we, I think uh, it has to be bag it. We are we are we are keeping this, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing it again. That's his quick answer. Okay, uh, <laughs> hey, it works. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm the same. Uh, I'm bagging this one. I, I would put this. We talk. Everybody wants to talk about. It. Is it better than the Dark Knight? Is it the greatest Batman no. movie? I don't think it's the greatest Batman movie, no. um, but I think it deserves place with, you know, it, 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 yeah. it's definitely in the top three, top four. I agree. And so for that, I'm I'm bagging it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. This, Like I said earlier, this is the best depiction of the Batman character. Honestly, a, m- most of these characters. Mm-hmm. It is the best depiction of these characters. Very true. Real world, gritty, dark and gritty, or even comic book, mm-hmm. you know, like this is the best depiction of these characters. I'm, I'm, as much as I liked Riddler, I'm conflicted about Riddler because of the, the dual, uh, aspect of him where the Zodiac aspect was more, more, uh, methodical, but mm-hmm. yet as soon as he's revealed, he's more, uh, crazed. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm a little torn about the Riddler. I need more Alfred, but other than that, I think the characters are, for the most part, perfect. I agree that it should have about 30 to 45 minutes shaved off of it, but it was still entertaining. There was never a part where, you know, I was kind of twiddling my thumb or, or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, And I do mean shaved off of it. Like, we're just talking, like, again, the moment where he's walking through all the cops and they're kind of looking mm-hmm. at that happened every time. <laughs> we didn't need it to happen every time. Right, right. Those Little moments of just lingering on something a little too long mm-hmm. could have been taken out. However, I, I didn't say this earlier, so I'll say it now. As soon as the Batmobile revved up, that's it. Bag it. Yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. that was Bag it. that was by far the best scene of the movie. The the Th- car chase. This scene. is one of my favorite Batmobiles. Yeah, love the Batmobile. Like I said, you go see it in a theater, you experience the Batmobile yes. in this one. Yes, and so absolutely, but definitely, definitely a bag it for me. Um, so go, go see it again. We're doing this one as the movie is still in theaters. Go see it. Uh, of course this episode is coming out right in the middle of our March madness where we're talking about swamp thing, but guess what? There is a tie in the guy who, uh, ho- owns the rights to Batman, who is always in the producer credits. Michael E. Uslan mm-hmm. is the same guy who has the film rights to swamp thing. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. so Yeah. So there you go. Uh, although he paid for Batman, he got Swamp Thing for free. Uh, yeah, same same producer. You go back and watch anything Batman, going all the way back to 1989's Batman. Producer, Michael E. Uslan, because he owns the film rights. And same thing, like I said, for Swamp Thing. So we still have that connection, but we're going to throw this in. We'll continue with uh, Swamp Thing uh, in the month of March. Uh, but we'll go ahead and close the door on this one. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Ron. Uh, it's great to have you, Ron. I always enjoy listening to you on other podcasts. So it was uh, a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for having me, sir. I appreciate the invite. And as always, Tim, always a treat to, to talk movies with you. Yes, sir. And be sure to check out the 80s Week Flashback. But for today, also, go out. 80s Week Flashback, moving panels. You know what to do. You love the shows. Leave us a five-star rating. Uh, follow, like, subscribe on all the platforms. But for today, for Moving Panels, I'm Laramie Wells, and I'll see you on the other side of the page. Only half the runtime of the movie. Good job.